0: Are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Spartans, ladies and gentlemen, how on earth are we all doing? Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white every single day. Before we get to this fine gentleman over here, Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports, just really quick, got to do the housekeeping. Hey, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, subscribe on YouTube, all that fun stuff, and any questions, comments, you want to yell at me, Locked on spartans at gmail.com is the place to go. And before... Justin, I'm still not going to let you talk yet. Uh, Before we go any further, if you're sick of the basketball talk in the offseason, the borderline doom and gloom talk of the offseason, why? Buster, I got good news and bad news for you. The bad news is it's going to continue here, potentially maybe somewhat, this episode, because we'll be talking about Tom Izzo's quotes about the landscape of college basketball. Now, the good news is... We're sending everyone off on a high note here because Justin Thin wrote a great piece for free on 24-7 Sports about which five-star football players are most likely to commit to Michigan State in this recruiting cycle. But before that, a lot of great quotes from Izzo coming out of his interview with, as I pull up my notes, the game on 7.30 a.m. If you have not listened to the bits, if you have not read the quotes, just Google 7.30, the game, Tom Izzo. I'm sure it'll pop up. All right, Justin, I'm finally going to let you talk in a little bit, but here's, I got a thousand quotes from the story written down in front of me, but one that I want to just start the conversation off with is that Izzo on keeping kids happy said, quote, it's sad what's happened. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is the first time in my 27 years that I only have 11 guys on scholarship because I don't even know if you can keep 13 happy course, as you can figure, a lot of the other interview was about Transfer Portal stuff, NIL stuff, kids coming in expecting to play 38 minutes a game, and then they'll go straight to the NBA. Anyway, um, thoughts on the whole piece? I mean, I know that you have this banger article, column coming yeah. out pretty soon, so yeah. if if you want to take the rest of this for a second to talk about what your thoughts are, yeah. be my guest. So, if not, we'll, we'll converse about it.
1: Yeah, so essentially, um, it, it's, it's a tricky, conflicting – uh, mind space to kind of think about everything that Tom Izzo feels about NIL on the portal, because almost every single thing he always says about these two topics is always spot on. I've mm-hmm. rarely heard him say anything that is incorrect. The issue kind of is, is that those rules are the rules. And in order to hang banners, you have to maximize those rules. So I guess for what I kind of mean about that is uh, that's kind of what this column that you referenced is going to be about. Uh, It should be out by the time this podcast um, is released, but if not, it'll be out sometime tomorrow morning. But essentially the lead-in of of the column is Coach Izzo has the same concerns a lot of people do, probably more vocal about them, but his concerns are NIL, a lot of kids are kind of prioritizing short-term returns, over long-term development and NBA development. And they're kind of trying to make as much money as they can in the next year or two and not trying to set themselves up for the best NBA careers. And with the transfer portal is those concern is, yeah, for every story you hear, like Justin Fields and um, those kind of stories, the transfer portal has thousands of kids per year that enter thinking the grass is greener on the other side. And then a lot of them don't even get a scholarship at at the next school they end up going to. So there are 1,700 kids, I believe, in the portal right now. And most of them you're never going to hear about. And most of them kind of made a bad decision by entering the portal. So those things are true while still... Um, it being almost indisputable that NIL is a good thing. Kids should have always been able to make money off of their own image. Izzo says that about three times in this interview, Izzo right. knows the hypocr- uh, hypocrisy behind coaches being able to move with impunity, but players uh, not having been able to do so until now. So Izzo understands all of those things. The issue is he focuses on the negatives that are hundred percent valid and he uses those kind of as a crutch to not maximize roster construction. When in this era, it technically should have been a way to level the playing field for him because yeah. um, you've had years of Izzo being close to landing some of these guys, but then uh, shadowy figures wearing three stripes end up getting those kids to go to Eastern <laughs> right. Kansas uh, right before they make a commitment. So this would have been Izzo's chance to kind of get some of those guys by allowing the donor base around the university to make things happen. And he hasn't done that so far. And then with the portal, he could have landed some guys that were older um, and, and further along in their college careers, which are the formula of successful ISO teams. And that should have been an advantage to him as well. And he hasn't really used that with any sort of consistency. So to tie back to your original quote, yes, one of those true um, downfalls of the portal is that it's hard to keep kids happy. But I guess the question I would uh, propose in response to that is if your only centers on the roster are Jackson Kohler and Mati Sissoko, two guys that are unproven and have not, I guess, shown yet that they deserve major minutes, even though I think um, Jackson Kohler is going to end up deserving them. But
0: mm-hmm. you have
1: two guys that have not proven that they are big time reliable guys at the center position. Why are you almost predeterminately giving them minutes they haven't earned, which goes against everything Iso believes in order yeah. to keep them happy, as opposed to fostering an environment of peak competition by landing some of these guys that were centers in the portal, especially after what um, Joey Brunk and Hunter Dickinson did to this team just at the very end of last season. So it should have been fresh in the minds going into the offseason. But that's basically the dilemma here that faces us because we know everything Izzo says is true, but at the same time, they should not be factors that are used as crutches to not level the playing field essentially. So I guess I'll have my long soliloquy there and no, uh, let you, let you kind of uh, bounce your ideas off me, but yeah, it's, it's complicated. Everything it is Uso says is correct, but it's at the end of the day, you have yeah. to jump in with two feet or you have to get out of the way. Jay Wright decided he couldn't take it. He he got out of the way and um i guess an analogy is i would understand is if you're gonna choose to stay in the game you got to choose to dive after the loose balls you can't just half-heartedly be in the game you got to do everything it takes to win and um this this is looking like a situation where it's kind of one foot in one foot out but what do you think matt
0: No, you you said everything great. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like you're on the highway, you're driving 60 miles an hour because, oh, like that was a speed limit three years ago, but now it's 75, (laughs) you're getting passed left and right by a bunch of these Ferraris and everything. It's like, ah, that's, I'm just going to stay doing 60 miles an hour. Y'all, y'all be well out there though. Like, this is great, but. Like, two of the quotes I want to read verbatim, because just like you said, and I agree with this wholeheartedly, is that, like, everything he said in the interview, which is about, like, I think it was like a 10, 12-minute clip, a lot of great stuff in there if you want to go listen to it. Nothing's really incorrect. Now, of course, like, you know, he's going to have his critics because, you know, hey, listen, he he complains during games a lot. He's kind of known for barking up and down trees at refs. I kind of love it. You got to work the game. Well, hey, you, you got to work the game. It's all part of his game plan. And also, like, who just wants to listen to a 67-year-old guy just, you know, complain about everything? But, like, tell me which part of these quotes, like, aren't necessarily true. So the first one's going to be on the transfer portal. And kids just, you know, up and around a little too early is we shouldn't be catering to the 1%, 2 or 3% of college basketball players who go on to play professionally. I think we've got to get back to what is our job. Our job is to make a kid's life better. Is that three years or four years? That's the problem I'm having right now. Yeah, hey, listen, okay, everyone's going to their college to play basketball. No doubt about it, but you're also trying to be molded into an adult, and that's also part of coaching, too. No, you, you don't get a banner lifted for, hey, your seniors were pretty good people once they graduated, but like that is an important part for these student athletes here, and also the second one on NIL, and this is probably the most eye popping quote. It was um, quote everybody's four players getting some money, but getting some money and enough money to get in trouble in this day and age of drugs, alcohol, and gambling, and all these things are out there. Now, of course, like I don't think Izzo things that every kid is just going to go out and start gangbanging and, you know, waking up with hookers and cocaine in their mattress every single morning. But like, imagine being 19 years old and just having like six figures, seven figures out of nowhere. Like, even if it's not drugs, alcohol or anything like that, like, whoa, let's not kid ourselves. That's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. And like, Hey, I'm, I'm sure it'll work out for some kids. I'm sure a lot of these kids have good guidance, but let's be honest, like not everyone. And that, that is, that is a crazy undertaking. And you don't think that like causes like rifts and locker rooms and everything. And, and I know it's not going away, but like, w- what are you going to do about it? Just like c- complain, I guess. I don't know. So, but before we go any further, sorry to cut this off, but I, I, I want to start the next segment off with a question, a point blank question. want to get your thoughts on it. But first, Jess, I'm so sorry. I got to send you to the bench because I got to talk to the fine people about this right here. I don't want to be dramatic or anything. I I hate going over the top about anything. I just, you know, hyperbole exaggerating. But these things have literally changed my entire life right here. I got home on Monday to a box full of Built Puffs. That is my favorite genre in the Built Bar category. And also my favorite flavor of normal Built Bar is birthday cake. They have birthday cake Built Puffs now. Let me read off the stats here. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, 9 grams of sugar for the best tasting bar you'll ever have in your entire life. I'm not even talking just protein bar. I'm also talking candy bar, uh, Klondike bar, ice cream sandwich bar. Whatever bar that you consume, right here, this Built Puff, birthday cake Built Puff is going to rock your socks off. And it's also going to save you a little cash because when you go to Built.com, You're going to smash in promo code LOCKED15 if you do like saving cash because that's going to knock 15% off of your order. One more time. That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And as we welcome the wonderful Justin Thinner 24-7 Sports back to the show, simple question, um, did all these quotes, did this interview make you think that Izzo's timeline is inching closer and closer to retirement than I originally thought, because here's the other thing too, even with insiders, this is the biggest mystery around East Lansing all the time. Is like, when is Izzo gone? Is he gone tomorrow? Is he gone in 20 years? Like in your opinion, does this change the way that you look at his timeline?
1: So um, last off season, I would tell everybody that my prediction would be that Izzo would see the 2021 class out through graduation. Okay, Then throughout the season, I kind of started to kind of started to figure that maybe it would be shorter than that because mm-hmm. this was the second straight year of some struggles. It was, again, getting deeper and deeper deeper into this NIL uncertainty world. And then um, you kind of start to see the recruitments taking shape across college basketball and maybe the reasons that some of these guys aren't picking Michigan State. Um, A guy like Ty Rogers, typically being um, an OKG, having um, some other kind of reasons for choosing other schools. And then I'm starting to think, okay, maybe maybe it's a year or two. And I was pretty confident in that sentiment throughout the whole entire season. Then I started talking to some people that work with coaches every single day. And they had basically told me that he has as much energy as he has ever had. And okay. he, he is very, very, very um, adamant that he is not going to go out anytime soon, especially since his health is at a very high note. The issue is what kind of makes this a murky situation is even though Izzo is as motivated as he has ever been, and even though he may have as much energy as he's had and he's not ready to give up the game, Mm-hmm. I am very curious of what would happen if this upcoming season further proves to him that it's going to be an underwhelming season because they're not going to be able to get into rebounds against anybody. They're not going to be able to stop many people in the low post. It's going to be a very on yeah. MSU like season for the third time in a row. Um, I do wonder if that is going to kind of create this internal struggle of Izzo not having Um, kind of this dwindling energy, not having this end of the road, kind of lifeless aura to him, but at the same time being fed up with the game. So it's kind of two polar opposites of Izzo being as motivated as ever and also being as frustrated with the game as ever. So I no longer have any sort of prediction to whether Izzo is retiring. I would say it's whether you believe um, the anti-NIL side is going to win out Or if you think motivational, um, I'm as hungry as ever to get my second title side wins out. Which side do you think wins out is what gives you your answer. Uh, That's what I would leave the readers to kind of chew on.
0: Yeah, I, like for the longest time, like for the last few years, like I, I've always thought, like okay, what well, when Izzo sees you know Stephen Izzo, kiss a Spartan ass, you know, which could be next season. Yeah, I think he does have like an, an option for an additional year should he choose it because mm-hmm. everyone got a COVID, year. whatever it is. Like I, I thought that was always kind of the timeline. Now, of course, I made that prediction before like NIL and the transfer portal even blew up, right? So, and yeah, you tie that in with you know not only that he's been on record saying that he's as energized as ever. And also that you're hearing from people right. inside the program that that's not BS. It's actually true. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I wrestle with it too. Like before last season, I would have thought, yeah, this guy's sticking around till like 2032 probably, but
1: yeah. Yeah. This, this I mean, interview
0: was just yeah. shocking. I mean, cause he yeah. was really transparent and he just seemed like beaten down by it too. And of course, like he's not jazzed about it. I yeah. wouldn't be either. If mm-hmm. I've been in this profession for 27 years or whatever it is, and yeah. all of a sudden, just like that, everything changed. That drastically and that quickly, like mm-hmm. God, I'm pulling Jay Wright. I'm out of here. I'm pulling <laughs> Williams. Like I don't, I don't need this. Yeah. So, and I wonder if that's going to catch up to him anytime yeah. soon. And that, I like, think that article yeah. indicates
1: that. I, right. I, I think um, further proof if people don't believe it is those own words, and if they don't believe what I'm hearing from people that work with Izzo every day. Further proof of this is his high school recruiting is as relentless as it's ever been. He's at every right. single Xavier Booker game. Like yeah. he has all the juice that you could want out of a college basketball coach. He just also has all the frustration that is kind of making you rethink uh, Mm -hmm. his timeline. So, like I said, very complicated. And kind of the other thing to think about is when you have a coach that has done something one way for 27 years and has had a lot of success at it, maybe it just takes them longer to change. And it doesn't mean they won't change Maybe for people like you and I, you see two seasons of underwhelming un MSU like basketball. And we would think, okay, it's logical that immediately things should change on a dime and that Izzo should this upcoming offseason land two or three portal guys. Mm-hmm. Like, personally, if I was like on the staff or if I was the director of recruiting, I would have been like calling six new guys from the portal every single day. Yeah. But we kind of don't have that perspective of, 27 years of things working one way very, very well. So maybe what we're not considering is it'll just take three years or four years of underwhelming performances. And Izzo truly will kind of adapt after that. So I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if that is the case. Maybe that's wishful thinking, but maybe two years is just not enough time to change. Mm -hmm. And change could still be on the horizon. But I don't know. That's something I kind of also think about
0: sometimes. No, that's a great point, too. And like, Listen, truth be told, like just f- from a fan perspective, that's concerned about the way this program is trajecting. Like I, I gotta be honest with myself. It- it's hard to think about the basketball program and not think about the football program because well, right. I- how did Mel just, you know, bang out a-, a new year's six bowl season by way of the transfer portal. Okay. Well, how's recruiting so hot in the streets now? Like I I think, and I going to be creeping up here. So like, it's hard not to look across the street and see the football program blossoming because of these things. And then the basketball program kind of faltering. And this NIL and transfer portal aren't the only reasons, but you know, the 2018 recruiting class like to have a word. But like, <laughs> they, are, they are reasons. And another yeah. thing, too, that, like, you know, and this is Izzo, you know, for better or for worse, is that he speaks his mind all the time. And he's not alone here though. Like uh, coaches everywhere cannot be jazzed with, you know, everything going on. I think would be very, you'd be very in the minority. If you're a coach, that's like thrilled about, Hey, NIL is awesome. Transfer portal. I got to make sure that six yeah. kids don't leave my team every off season. It's just like, he's just one of the guys that often talks about yep. it. And like the NCAA, the oh, NCAA yeah. really
1: dropped. Yep. The NCAA really dropped the ball with how this went down. Like of course everybody, everybody that is very pro NIL, like, I, I am as pro-NIL as you could possibly be, and I have been for same. a decade. Yeah. And at the same time, this is a very broken system, and the mm-hmm. only reason that is the case is because the NCAA waited until they were hit with antitrust um, accusations and lawsuits and had to go to the Supreme Court and lost in unanimous fashion, which I don't think anybody ever loses anything in court in unanimous fashion to the Supreme Court. But these guys have basically... Um, waited until the very, very last second to hold on to their uh, amateur exploitation uh, sort of system. And now we have a system with absolutely no rules and no guardrails. And the NCAA and Mark Emmert is to blame for coaches like Jay Wright leaving and other Mm -hmm. coaches considering leaving. So you can be extremely pro-NIL and also kind of be very frustrated at the current system. There's no uh, reason you have to be anti-NIL just because you don't like the system it's just the NCAA the NCAA is to blame for kind of where we are right now
0: yeah and, and to go hand in hand with that about saying like two things that kind of contradict each other but can both be true and like I think this is a good spot to end this conversation on is like yeah. and yeah listen I, I'm sure you hear like I hear I'm sure other state fans that are concerned about the program hear it as well if they're talking to their friends or strangers what have you but it's like sometimes we'll get hit with the uh, oh Like, you're not grateful for Izzo. Like, he's a legend and you don't understand it. It's like, two things can be true here. Like, Izzo is a legend. He is the best coach MSU will probably ever have. Probably the best, maybe best figure MSU will ever have. Love him like a family member. He deserves to go out on his own terms. But also, with that said, like, concerning pattern here. Concerning Mm -hmm. pattern. Like, this is something that, you know, I sound like a broken record player. I think I talk about it at least twice, if not three times a week. But, like... It's not like we were ranked like a three seed. Two seasons ago and flamed out immediately in this big upset, or like last year. Oh, we were a a four seed that went toe to toe with Duke and have barely lost. Like, no, you kind of stumbled in there. You made the seven seed because the regular season didn't go well, and now is off the heels of a season where it was a godsend miracle to even get in the tournament in the first place. And now we're kind of limping into this off season, yeah. and might be limping out too. So right. I. But yeah, like yeah. I don't know, like I think both things can be true. Like I, I don't know if yeah. you can co-sign to that or, or for whatever.
1: sure. Yeah, I think um, it's it's a new sort of predicament when it comes to Tom Izzo. Like Tom Izzo has been doubted forever. He was doubted I've, when he first yeah. took over the job. I've People doubted wondered, him at times. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I I doubted him after the Syracuse exit. I was a freshman over at Michigan State, and uh, yep. that, I was like, how do you squander this team? And After that, he hung four banners in the next two seasons with three left on the table. Uh, The Big Ten title, uh, tournament title was left on the table because of COVID, final four Mm -hmm. title, uh, national title. So, like, he could have had seven, he had four. Um, We'll never know if he would have gotten those rest of the three. But, like, this is a guy that at that point I had told myself I would never doubt him again. The thing is, all of those times that Izzo was doubted, the questions sort of were, Um, is the magic worn off? Is this the end of the road for Tom Izzo in terms of um, just his appeal in in the coaching world and, and just things of that nature? There were always questions about kind of the shine wearing off or him running out of juice. This time the question is, will he change everything he believes in? And this is not a way that Coach Izzo has been doubted before. So for the people that say, oh, keep doubting Izzo, he'll prove you wrong that's very, very possible, very Great. possible, but keep <laughs> yeah. in mind, this is not the way that he has been doubted in the past. This is a very unique situation. And um, I don't disagree that it's possible for someone to be a legend, but also you've seen in throughout history, you've seen leaders in the past, a lot of leaders kind of go out towards the end by kind of hanging their hat on what had worked for years while the world world changes around them. So um, maybe who knows? Cause Izzo's final quote in the interview was, this is how I also end the article is, I can't change the world, but I also don't want the world to change me. Adjust? Fine. But change? No, not really. We will just have to see what the definition of adjust without changing really is.
0: God, that's a fantastic way to end that segment right there. Look at Europe. You're a pro's pro. Right there. Look at you, Justin Thin, 24-7 Sports, <laughs> just banging out greatness here. We're not done yet, though. If you're in a horrible mood right now, if you are questioning life, uh, just everything, your mentality, your spirituality, everything, we're going to turn things around here in the third segment because uh, we're going to talk about the other sport that's hot on campus, that's football. Justin Thin's got a great, great story on, hey, which five stars are going to commit here? And yeah, we're going to talk about just that here in a hot segment first. Got to talk to you fine folks about Rockado That was a little pitchy. All right, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. That's right, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models that is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need, why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, hey, does your Blazer need a scabble-yabber? I don't know. That that could be a car part for all I know. All I know about my car is that it's, uh, it's blue, and I put gas in it every once in a while. I'm not a car person, but luckily... Find folks at Rock Auto. They are the car people that will hook you up. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Because why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You would only do it if you were a giant clown. Here. But you're not a clown. You're a smart person and you love the family folks at Rock Auto. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. Hey, how would you hear about us, Box? So you know that we at Lockdown sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. And this is Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports. And I did not say reliably low prices incorrectly. This is a very big day for me. I stumble <laughs> over that every single time I do it. So we're rocking and rolling right into this third segment here. Uh, Justin, you wrote a great free piece for 24-7 sports. Uh, ranking the probability of five stars visiting campus this summer that could commit to Michigan State. What What the hell, man? Why don't you put all seven as the 100% locks? What's going on here? Have you lost faith in Mel Tucker? What, why? Why not?
1: Your, your NIL funding hasn't come through from what I've heard. That's the only reason. <sighs>
0: that's Okay, <laughs> hand up. Yeah, that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um... <laughs>
1: Yeah, so yeah, it's a very exciting time with these official visits coming up soon and kind of the way I look at it is there are four prospects um I guess five if you count Dante Moore but sure. for the for all intents and purposes of this discussion we will not be including him cuz Michigan State had um kind of detected that that was going to be a Notre Dame or SEC battle they okay. Uh, smartly, sensibly, and quickly took the commitment of Bo Edmondson, their other plan A, who was expressing a desire to commit. So Dante Moore is kind of out of the discussion for now. But sure. what what is really interesting here is, so Michigan State is going to have hosted six other, so seven total, five-star prospects by June 3rd in this cycle. So four of them in uh, Samson Okunlola, David Hicks, Francis Maui and Ruben Owens have visited this past spring. So Michigan State has hosted four five-star prospects, not counting Dante Moore in the spring. Now we also have heard that Victor Burley and Jaden Wayne have scheduled official visits, um, or I guess in Wayne's case, a multi-day unofficial possibly. So we have four guys that have visited, two guys that will visit on June 3rd. We are looking at a pool of six guys that could commit to Michigan State First off, I would kind of just put Francis Maui Goa to the side. Um, He's a guy that Michigan State was um, not really in the conversation for, but he kind of visited because a lot of his other IMG teammates were visiting. So unless he does schedule a return trip, which we haven't heard anything about, I would put him last in that group of six. uh, So second to last behind Dante Moore in terms of least likely. Now we'll talk about kind of the other guys. David Hicks. He's a guy that with Reuben Owens came to the spring game and David Hicks is a guy that isn't just somebody that on and off trained with Brandon Jordan. He okay. consistently trained with him multiple days a week ever since middle school. So this is a really strong relationship between Jordan and Hicks. And that's why I have him power ranked as the most likely. However, Samson Okolola is just up there at a hard time, kind of differentiating between the two because he really, really liked Michigan State for a long time, visited this past um, spring. Uh, he actually didn't want to visit on the spring game wanted to visit sooner so he could have time just to, for himself with the staff. Huge, oh, wow. huge fan of Coach Cap. So those two guys, I put a tier above everybody else. Ruben Owens also visited for the spring game, like I said. I put him a little lower just for now because he doesn't really have as strong of a connection, but at the same time, he's in that somewhat likely phase uh, or tier just because he came on his own dime back in the, in spring. Now what's really interesting is Jaden Wayne, who hasn't visited yet is a guy that went ahead and put Michigan state in his top schools list, which came out 12 hours after Michigan state offered him. He just immediately was like, okay, if Brandon Jordan is coaching at Michigan state, they're going to be serious contender for me, period. And he's coming here on his own dime for, I think right now we know it's an unofficial. It could turn into an official, but fact of the matter is he's coming here on his own dime from all the way in the state of Washington because of Brandon Jordan. So he right now, I have to leave him in that middle tier just because he hasn't visited yet, but I can see him skyrocketing up that list, maybe to that one spot, maybe just below Hicks, but this is a guy to watch coming forward. And finally, Victor Burley hasn't visited yet, but again, huge Brandon Jordan attraction. So the way I kind of wanted to frame this is you have a few guys that have visited already in the spring on their own dime, a few guys that haven't, but really like Brandon Jordan, and you're left with five realistic options. Of any of them, I would not be surprised if they commit. And if you look at the odds of five guys that are legitimately interested in your program, it's not that far-fetched to say that one of those guys could commit to Michigan State.
0: Craziest thing to me is, too. Well, okay, there's a lot of crazy things here, right, that, like, all these guys are visiting this summer. But who's the closest guy to the state of Michigan? I think it's Samson right. Okerola, is it not? Like, yes. he's from Massachusetts. It's like all Correct. these guys are, like, you know, like you said, Washington. You got a guy from Georgia. You got Texas in the mix. Like, yep. okay, uh, yep. national brand? Sure, yeah, let's get yeah. nuts. Okay, yeah. this is this is pretty nuts because you'd hey, yeah, Justin, you, you are from the church of a Georgia three star is yes. better than a Michigan four star. This is the yes. congregation right here, Justin, because I subscribe to that scripture as well. But man, it's kind of kind of exciting. I almost want to fall out of my chair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Good could be on on the table for a five-star right. Georgia prospect. Yeah. Oh my it, it, God. Well, Georgia five stars are better than Detroit lions, right? Like that's, that's how that math works. Like I think that's how the scale goes.
1: The, the, Georgia five stars are better than the AFC pro bowl team. So yes, I let's guess, go. I, I guess, I guess one uh, tip that I want to add there since uh, you brought up the great point about geography is um, this was in my tweet that I tweeted out, but I didn't put this in the article, I believe, but, The last out-of-region five-star that Michigan State landed was 23 cycles ago in Jeff Smoker. So, yes, this would be – a lot of people would probably frame it as – Oh, Michigan State lands their first five star since William Golston, or sure. um, maybe it was somebody else. But McDowell, too. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's. Or that Devontae Dobbs.
0: Yeah. Whatever. You can mm, get the point. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, yeah. So
1: people would frame it as that way. And that's impressive, too. But you really have to think about if Michigan State lands a five star this cycle, it won't be someone from inside the region. So, yeah. really, it's a feat that hasn't been done in 23 years.
0: Wow. That's crazy, because, like, last year, even before the season started, like, we would get the question, like, when's Mel going to get his first five-star? And then, like, I, I'd yeah. start to, like, I don't know, like, 2024, 20, 25. If it is 23, like, okay, here's some names. And yeah. I just, you know, throw Dante Moore, you know, just some local kids. It's, like, I didn't even think to go outside the box. And now, like, oh, whew. When, when, when you yeah. have – well, obviously, Mel. Okay, MSU's playing really well. Yeah. They got great marketing. But, yeah, just like you said, Brandon Jordan, Marco Coleman, not bad. Coach Cap on the offensive side of the yeah. ball, like – we're we we're, we're national players. I'm about to faint right now. What a <laughs> what a roller coaster yeah. this 30 minutes has been. <laughs> yeah. Gone over all, all over the place, man. So these visits start what, first weekend of June, is that correct? Yeah.
1: That's correct. Yep. Be. June third. Um I believe we have nine or ten guys on the site uh that we've okay. confirmed for, for June third. Uh June tenth will be as big, if not bigger. Um, okay. we have we have quite a few people that we know of that are visiting, but the issue is that if we find that out in a way that doesn't come from the player, we have to get it confirmed by the player in order to announce it so mm, okay. um, i I believe we're looking at at least twenty five kids visiting in those first two weekends, but I think we only have about like nineteen or eighteen of them confirmed right now so we're gonna we're gonna keep working on confirmations but um, yeah, we're not just holding those back just to build suspense or anything. We really can't release those right now. But sure. stay tuned to the shawlane VIP board over on um, the 24/7 Michigan State site. But yeah, those two weekends in the beginning are going to be huge. And in, on that first weekend, that's where you have um, Jaden Wayne, David Hicks, uh, possibly Ruben Owens. Uh, you have three, five, star, Vic Burley is that weekend. You have four or five yeah. stars possibly visiting on that first weekend, three for sure. So yeah, they're getting off to it right off the bat with a hot start.
0: Stay tuned to, to uh, Shalini message board right there. And <laughs> stay tuned to I can gather enough NIL funding to uh, make this a reality here. This is uh, this is very exciting for, for everyone involved, man. This is great. But, you know what's even more exciting than all this, though? Just having you on the show, man. The, the, the listeners the <laughs> viewers love themselves some, some Justin Thin. I think you hold the record for our, our video was the highest rated on our YouTube channel really? so far. Or highest oh. viewed or something like that. I, who can say no to this face? I mean, come on. Who, who are we talking <laughs> about here? Like People, not, they, they're they not even tuned in for the recruiting insight. They, they just want to see Justin Thin talking to a microphone. Let's go, baby. That's what we're talking about. So, <laughs> as always, though, thanks a lot, my man. Really appreciate it as always
1: yep yeah. and as always looking forward to next time
0: yeah why not let's get yeah. nuts and thank you all for watching listening making us your first listen every single day now go make locked on Big 10 your second listen that's right so it's with my guy Nate Dickinson breaking down the whole conference it's locked on big 10 all right see y'all tomorrow go Green.